Cryptology Files. Hey guys. It's Oddity Files. The podcast. podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. And you're listening to a paranormal podcast, as if you didn't know already, where we find creepy shit on the internet, whether it's, you know, hauntings, urban legends, otherworldly events, um, you know, just all the creepy stuff. Yeah. We just, you know, like telling each other, not always creepy stories, but just stories that we find interesting. Just weird that shit. You might find interesting. You better. If you don't, I will find you. Come back next week. Yeah. We'll try again. <laughs> but that's what we do. That's who we are. Um, so this winter dragged for me. It just really, really dragged. This summer, gone. In a heartbeat, gone. In a fucking heartbeat. And I'm not happy about it. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. Not much spooky going on here. Been a little busy, which is fine. There are worse things. We could be bored to tears like we were last winter. So, but we're not. I do have paranormal in the news. Ooh, let's hear it. So, um, I think you may have heard of this because I got you um, addicted to I fucking love science on the Instagrams. But why does this remote glacial lake contain hundreds of skeletons? So there's a lake in India called Skeleton Lake, and apparently it's in the Himalayan mountains, and it freezes over, and then it it melts, and the water table drops. I'm making shit up as I go to sound way smarter (laughs) than I actually am. Um, But however, there's remains of loads and loads of human skeletons in this lake bed. Yeah. So over the years, various theories have surfaced to explain who these skeletons might belong to, as well as when and how they made their way into Skeleton Lake, as Rupkund is known. It's Rupkund Lake in the Himalayas in India. So for the longest time, there's, you know, urban legends where um, they thought all the bones showed up there at once. They claimed that it was some kind of royalty was traveling through the area and they were, it was himself, his family and all of his followers. I have no idea what that sound means. It was her. Oh, I didn't even say that. A-L-E-X. It just said a shipment has arrived. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> But this royal family and all of their servants and followers and everything were caught in an avalanche where this lake was, and that's what the remains were there for. However, with DNA study, as it is to this day, it was two different incidences of, and these people were from two completely different continents, and they're still not sure how they got there. And what's really kind of pissing me off is people are, going to this lake and stealing the human remains. <gasps> no way. Do they not understand that's how you get hauntings? Also, yeah, what like what is your what's your goal there? I mean, it'd be really cool to have a human skull. Sure. But that human skull was somebody's. It's none of mine are real. Clayton's turning around looking at my skull. No, because I like the one that uh the the one that has your 
your tiara on it. Right oh, now. that that was cast from a real yeah. human skull that I did not buy. Um, but guys, leave these poor human remains alone. Leave them. I mean, I do want to know the story. I want to know why all these. They said it's up to like three hundred different people. Whoa. So some people say that. Yeah, um, maybe they've just kind of fallen down the mountain and all just kind of accumulated mm-hmm. here, but they don't really know. Crazy. But, I mean, who doesn't love a, a lake called Skeleton Lake? That is true. Yeah, that's what that's what drew me in, not going <laughs> to lie. But stop stealing the bones, people. I'm just saying. That's how you get hauntings. So, yeah. Do you have uh, anything interesting? We're getting closer to the uh, storming of Area 51 day. We are counting down the days. Uh, Yeah. Hopefully they do like some sort of live feed. Somebody's got to. I'm sure. Because I'm still fully confident that there will be people there. There has to be. Like someone. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Absolutely. Is going. Because people, why not? I mean, we still human remains from lakes in the middle of nowhere. So why wouldn't we try to storm Area 51? (laughs) We will keep you updated on this as it unfolds. Yes. Did that sound official? It absolutely sounded official to me. Oh, shit. So we actually um, have been doing this thing, and we forgot to mention it last week, but we have a contest where if you... Go on to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, screenshot that, and then email it to us at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. We will put that into a little file that we have, and then once a month we randomly draw draw a winner, and then they get stuff. Stuff and things. Yeah. Yeah. Like signed, like a signed... Um, eight by ten. Eight by ten of us, yeah. and some, like a thank you card, some a sticker, just... Miscellaneous oddity file swag. Yeah, because it's all we have to give right. you, other than our love and appreciation. Yes. So, and and how you get entered into this contest? I was searching for my Google Mail so I could pick a winner of this contest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you say how you actually get to win? What? That they re- have the, to rate, review, yeah. and subscribe. And then okay. Screenshots and just sorry, yeah. I am not paying attention, and I <laughs> just called myself out on it. So we're gonna pick a winner. For the month of September, because it's already September, and closing my eyes, blah, blah, blah. and Lori, let's see, we'll go ahead and read your review, so you know that it's you, because I don't want to say your last name on air. So, Oddity, I mean, Lori puts, her header is, love Oddity Files, by far the most favorite paranormal podcast. Kitsy and Clayton are so much fun to listen to. Their banter is great, their story's entertaining, and their chemistry is amazing. I find myself laughing one minute and saying, what the, question mark, exclamation mark, blah, 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 the next minute. Same. (laughs) Exact same. And it's usually because words are hard. I discovered this podcast about three weeks ago and binge listened. I'm all caught up and can't wait for the next episode. They also have, I love when they shout out our TV show during the reviews. They also have a TV show on Amazon Prime that is a must watch. I binge watched both seasons in a week or so. Highly recommend. Weird is the new normal. I've already read her review. 
on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I was so excited about Weird is the New normal. Normal. Yeah. So congratulations to Lori. Go ahead and send us an email at oddityfilescrew at gmail with your address so I can get, or Clayton can get your stuff sent out. Because (laughs) when I am tasked with mailing it out, it sits on my desk for three weeks. So I apologize for all the other past winners. But thank you so much for that, Lori. Yes. And are we bribing you for rate and reviews and subscribes? Shit, yes, we are. (laughs) Of course. But it helps us get more listeners. The more reviews and more ratings we have, the more people are able to find us, the higher we come up in the searches and things like that. The more likely we can come and do a live podcast somewhere near you. Exactly. And, And I mean, again, I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. We do this for the listeners because that's what's yeah. so fun. It's so fun to interact with all of you on social media. and So much fun. Yeah. It's just, it makes it so much more lively. It does. Than just Absolutely. the two of us sitting here. <laughs> I mean, does that mean we wouldn't just sit here and tell each other creepy stories? Eh, debatable. Uh, regardless. <laughs> but we, we so appreciate you guys. And the shares and the, the, the retweets and the reposts and everything on all the socials. You guys, I cannot thank you enough for that. That's why we're doing so well. And I'm not saying, you know, we're the top paranormal podcast, but we're doing okay. And I'm so excited. And this community that we've created is so magical. I love you guys all to pieces. But follow us on all the socials. We're at Oddity Files on Twitter and Instagram. Search Oddity Files on Facebook. We've got a secret not so secret group called Oddity Files fan group on Facebook where everybody's posting all the memes and all the things. And I keep, as I'm editing, I keep throwing little things up there. Um, funny stuff I find as I'm editing and things like that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It absolutely is. And speaking of live podcasts, we do have two coming up. We do. So we have on October 4th at the Greenwood library, at 6.30 p.m., we will be doing a live podcast there. Which After we are hours. Super excited about. Yes. And then just the following weekend, the Sunday it's, after that. Yeah, it's the same weekend. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Sunday after that, we will be at Scarlet Lane Brewery doing a podcast as well. Yes, their Southside um, location on Meridian. Southside of Indianapolis. And uh, Scarlet Lane Brewery is the self-proclaimed beer of horror. So, I mean, there's no more fitting place for us to do this I podcast. Yes. Thanks, Josh, for hooking that up. We're super stoked. And um, well, hopefully we'll have some new announcements coming real soon. Yes. We've got some things in the works. But again, if you want to reach out and have us at your event, it's Oddity Files Crew at Gmail. I guess I should. Is it my turn this week? It or is your, is it your turn, turn? To go first. Okay. So this week I've got a haunting story. Ooh. Um, and it's the haunting of the Wayside Antiques slash Antique Emporium in Florida, Ocala-ish area, which I've been to. Well, I firmly believe that many antique shops are haunted just due to the amount of things that have come from dead people, estate sales, everywhere, know, all the stuff and all the things um, that so many spirits are attached to stunning objects that vendors sell in these locations. I, for one, tend to spend hours on end at antique shops and malls looking for oddities and curiosities. I love them so much that I really, really need to stay out of them. Now, I've not actually been to Antique Emporium in Roddick, Florida. I, I kind of want to go now. 
Okay. So I got the information of this story from some of the craziest places like TripAdvisor, the Orlando Sentinel newspaper, to name a few. And as the story goes on, I think you'll understand why I love this one so much. I came across this haunting place while randomly searching haunted places in order to bring y'all the creepy stories that you crave. And wow, this one is a doozy. And the story goes a little something like this. The first tale I came across claims sometimes spirits get attached to objects. This seems to be the case at the Antique Emporium, where a little girl spirit is said to linger with a dresser upstairs. Some have seen her and others feel a cold presence there. Another person claims, I visited this place a long time ago. This is like TripAdvisor and Yelp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About 1995, when I didn't even know about the haunting, my experience was on the second floor. I saw a beautiful little girl dressed up like she was from the late 1800s. She seemed about seven or eight years old. Um, I saw her sitting in a little antique chair. She stood up, looked at me. She was beautiful. She smiled at me, and I told her her dress was beautiful. My son and friends saw her as well. We all looked away at something else, only to turn around and see that she had completely vanished. Oh. Startling. Casual. Surprising. I came back almost 20 years later, and I could still feel a cold spot where I once saw this little girl. The rocking chair is long gone, but I swear the little girl's energy is still there, as I felt a cold spot in the exact same place I had seen her 20 years ago. Another person claims, I was there with my husband last week and have several photos of energy beings. One is a little girl's face looking in an antique mirror upstairs in the far left room. She appears to have her hair up big and big cheeks. I was approached several times by some energy being. That's mm. vague. Just saying. More stories say, I about 10 years ago, my husband, son, and I visited there. I suddenly heard a man's voice call my name clearly. I answered, and it called again. I thought it was one of them, but it turned out they were way on the other side of the building downstairs, and I was upstairs. Hmm. And yeah, these are all plausible sightings that I would imagine almost any antique store, new, old, or otherwise, might claim. But this place has a story, a story that is tragic and horrifying, but in a real life way. A true crime that happened here is more terrifying than any ghost story. In July of 1986, two men came into what was then called the Wayside Antiques and brutally robbed and murdered Mr. and Mrs. Branham. Both in their late 50s had managed the two-story white antique shop overlooking Interstate 75 for about 12 years. The couple lived in a mobile home about 50 yards from the shop. Okay. Awful. They were found at about 9 a.m. in an office off the main showroom, bound, gagged, and handcuffed to the safe. Whoa. Both died of small caliber gunshot wounds to the head. Crime scene analysis showed that one of the couple had to watch their companion be executed before being killed. Terrifying. Terrible. Yes. The two suspects were described as professionals. So the two suspects were described as professionals who had visited the shop at least once before, and the theft had only took the most expensive items. 
the furniture and other collectibles worth about $250,000, along with $250,000 worth of jewelry, were stolen from the antique store. Holy shit. Yes, a lot. Especially for an antique store. Yes. This place is ginormous, though. Um, The shocking deaths remained a mystery for years. The story was depicted in a novel written by crime writer Anna Flowers in her 1999 novel, Murder at Wayside Antiques. It's out of print. Did I order it off Amazon? Totally. It should be here today. (laughs) Investigators later found nearly all of the stolen antiques in Las Vegas. What? Yeah. And uh, they were eventually led to the two killers, drug mules, Lewis Wesley Barnes and Pedro Covarrenius. That is totally pronounced wrong, but we're going to go with it. After the killers were convicted, the story of the Branhams took a bone-chilling turn. Employees began noticing something dark happening among the antiques. Whispered voices coming from the back of the store and lights ominously flickering on and off. But this chilling story told by one former employee, Anna, um, is what drew me to this haunting Um, Here's her account of what happened to her one evening at the now antique emporium Uh, and starting quotes. Now I knew about the murders before accepting the job. I mean, everyone in Reddick knows what happened there, how awful it was. It was a bit spooky to work in a place where something like this had actually happened. Absolutely. Understandable, but it was a great opportunity at that time in my life, which girl do you, I had been to the shop for maybe two months, and I was the newest staff member, but when they needed someone to cover the closing shift, I felt like it was my duty to take it over and learn the ropes. Usually a manager is with me, but he had to go home to take care of a sick child. He offered to call someone in for me, but it felt like a good time for me to, you know, kind of test out what I had learned about closing the shop, you know. Anyway, it was late, and I had just finished ringing up the last customer of the day. I closed out the register and started sweeping the floor. I remember thinking I heard someone call my name as I worked. I stopped and listened, but I didn't hear anything. But as soon as I started sweeping again, I heard it again. I won't lie. It frightened me. I would have shit my pants. Um, (laughs) I tried to tell myself if there were ghosts there, it would be Mr. and Mrs. Branham and that they were good people. They wouldn't try to harm me or anything like that. So I kept sweeping, and my name was called more loudly. It was so loud and so clear that I started to think, well, maybe another staff member had kind of worked their way into the building, and I should probably look into it. I set my broom down, and I walked into the back room. We keep upcoming items back there until we have processed them all. As I looked around, I was distracted by this beautiful antique wedding dress that had just come in. It was gorgeous, very ornate, with a lot of lace detailing. Suddenly, all the lights went out. Yep. Never good. Nope. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a ghost. I consider myself a ghost hunter, but I might have left. <laughs> um, especially if I was by myself. Right. <laughs> I didn't have my Clayton stability next to me. <laughs> the only light that remained seemed to come from a lamp on the other side of this dress. And then hands started appearing from inside the fabric. I don't think this is the Branhams. I'm just putting that out there. As if they were blindly searching for me. What? 
As I stood in horror watching them, a voice inside my head told me that they were just victims. Oh. Victims of violent crimes marking the places where innocent people had lost their lives. Look at her. She's like a... Do you want a job with Oddity Files? (laughs) (laughs) It was equal parts terrifying and heartbreaking. I haven't been back to Reddick in quite a while, but I will never forget the Branhams or the others who have lost their lives to violence. That's a beautiful like roller coaster of a haunting story right there. Um, I found Anna's story on backpackerverse.com. So if you want to check it out. So is the Emporium haunted by the victims or by the spirits who have attached themselves to the items for sale? I mean, the only way to find out for sure is if we investigate the place ourselves, she says, while adding 17990 Northwest 77th Avenue, Reddick, Florida, to Google Maps right now. Dun, dun, dun. Do you like that little narrative of yes. my head? That, and that was terrible. <laughs> so there you go. I've had this one on my list of things to look into That's for good. quite some time. Um, like I said, the book is out of print. I did order it. I, the reviews on it are terrible, but I can't wait hey, to read okay. it. And I'm sure it's more cr- true crime related than hauntings. But, but it is so, it just like sparks so many ideas about just antique stores in general. Yeah. Or is it something like this where something traumatic has happened in the store itself? You wouldn't know. Or is it something that was brought in? And yeah. what is the story behind the said thing that was brought in? Like you just, it's quite impossible to know. No, absolutely. And I, my thought is nine times out of 10, it's the objects there. So every sure. time you go to investigate, I kind of want an antique place so we can like investigate it on a regular basis and find out all like the every day new shit that's in. Com- yeah, coming in and coming out. So. There you go. The haunting of the antique store. What you got? So mine is interesting. Mm. Have you ever heard of the case of Ursula and Sabina Erickson? I don't know. Okay. So in psychology, folie deux, which is French for a madness shared by two, is a rare psychiatric syndrome where delusional beliefs are shared between two people. Okay. So featured in the story is, like I said, the case of Ursula and Sabina Erickson, two Swedish twins who are believed to be a perfect example of this illness. I may or may not have heard this out of my favorite murder. Is there murder involved? Mm -mm, No. No, Maybe not. Oh, wait. Yes. Okay. Yes. Beautiful story. Please keep going because I forgot. I'm Alzheimer's heroes. So born in the town of Soon, the twins grew up with their older siblings, Jorn and Mona. Sorry, Jordan, that's probably not right. No, it's totally right. Where they lived relatively normal lives. So by the year 2000, Ursula was living in the United States, and Sabina lived in Ireland with her partner and two children. There was no history of any juvenile delinquency, criminal convictions, or even mental illness at all. Okay. So then why in 2008 did they decide to embark on a suicide mission by running down the M6, which is like an interstate, into oncoming traffic? So... Were they twins? Yes, identical. Yeah, so the reported timeline is kind of sketchy. Like, how everything... I got a lot of mixed things. Yeah. So, I just did my best to, like, generalize. So, it's generally accepted the version of events happened on Friday the 16th of May, 2008. The sisters decided to meet up. Ursula boarded a plane to 
to County Cork, where her sister was living. The pair got on a ferry to the city of Liverpool. What seems strange is that nobody on the boat remembers seeing the twins on board. What? Which seems particularly unusual. Because they were identical because twins. Because they're identical twins. The ferry is popular. It's relatively cheap. And it's a cheap way to get from Ireland to Liverpool. And thousands of people use the service every year. Okay. So why had no one seen them? Yeah. So furthermore, nobody knows where they planned on staying as during their their little reunion. As neither of them had told family or friends that they were going there. And they also didn't have any family or friends in Liverpool. So no hmm. one really knew why they were going. Weird. So on the 17th. It was clear that things were beginning to get strange. At about 8.30 in the morning, Ursula and Sabina frantically ran into the St. Anne police station after Sabina claimed that her children were in danger. Keep in mind, she's 340 miles away. And with no actual contact with her partner and children, this seemed to be the starting point of this entire story. So despite her erratic behavior, police made contact with Dublin police officers who followed up on the complaint only to discover that Sabina's family were perfectly fine. Well, thank goodness. Yes. But obviously they were confused as to why the police were showing up, like asking if everyone was okay. Of course. After the reassuring news, police were keen to inform the Erickson sisters, but they were baffled upon discovering that um, all of this, obviously yeah. because they, she was like, something's wrong. Right. Something is off. So after this, they both get on a bus, like a coach bus, to London. Okay. So while on the bus, both of the twins start displaying crazy erratic behavior. And according to the bus driver, they would stand up at random intervals, clutching onto their bags with dear life. For some reason, they were refusing to put their luggage in the luggage hold, and the driver had to, understandably so, ask them <laughs> to get off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but we can't deal with you right, right now. <laughs> so fearing that um, they... He was mainly like worried that they were going to become violent. So he dropped, Understandably so. Yeah. So he dropped them off at the nearest station and made sure that a manager escorted them off the premise. He wasn't just like, get out, you know. Right, right. And it was a point where people began to get suspicious because they were so reluctant to like go of their bags. A, the first thing was that they're terrorists. Like that there of was course. some sort of explosive in their bag. Because you know. bitches be crazy. Right. <laughs> and they were just acting so strange and erratic. It's like, I mean... Those are some symptoms that I would think. Of course, absolutely. You know, about to bomb something. Yeah, literally. So they, shot number two. So now at this police or at this bus stop, police come and meet them to like check on them. So after a long conversation with police, for some reason they're allowed to leave without even looking in their bags. Cops let them go. Oh, yes, really? It's 2008. It's not like. I mean, like 9/11 has already, already happened. happened. Yeah. So. Whether the twins had somehow like faked their sanity or whether it was just like negligence on the police part. Yeah. Knows. But they left on foot. So this is where it gets so, so weird as if it's not ready. And what's crazy is that it's all caught on CCTV. Like, British television. Yeah. So in the afternoon, same day, motorway police officers monitoring CCTV noticed two women walking down the central reservation of M6. So it's almost like a median, but it's more or less like... An area between two guardrails. Okay. Um, but it's high in, traffic. It's in the yeah. middle. Yeah. So the M6 is Britain's longest and busiest motorway that runs all the way up Scotland. A roadblock was issued, but the pair still tried to to run across, and they were both ran down by cars. 
Miraculously, neither were injured at all. And this is a motorway. It's not just like a city street. So these cars are... <laughs> it's a freaking highway. Yeah. When police arrived, the sisters switched back into being completely calm. Much like the incident back at the train or the bus station. Yeah. However, while the officers were talking to the sisters, because they're literally just sitting there talking to them, standing, having gotten hit by cars, standing there talking. So now other cops get here. And what's crazy about this is that the cop that pulls up happened to be working on like a documentary on British like police. So I forgot about that. Yes. There's like. I've watched that show when we're in London. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. High quality video footage. So the two sisters are standing there. That cop who was talking to them comes up to the new cop that just walked up. And as he does this, one of the sisters just runs into the right back into the street. Into the traffic. Yep. And gets hit by a car, what they think is going about 60 miles an hour. Oh my God. The yeah, like and these aren't like burly women. Like they're just very average, like pretty lean women. Really? So the speed of that, that collision alone should have killed her, yeah. let alone just the sheer weight of the vehicle like hitting a human being. So now that all the attention gets turned to Sabina, um, or all the attention was on Ursula, Sabina falls in her footsteps. So everyone's what? looking at Ursula like, holy shit, what did she just do? Sabina darts into traffic. She's hit by a Volkswagen, rolls up the windshield, and like flung in the air. Oh, my like, God. movie style. Yeah. Was unconscious for over 15 minutes. And this is all caught on film. Yes. She, too, survives. And it's like... What? I watched the video, and it's like... It's just, like, eerie, because hearing the, like, screeches of the tires and yeah. just, like, literally seeing this And knowing that it's real fucking yes. life. I'm, I have to find these videos. Yes. But what's so unsettling is almost the, like superhuman aspect of it because they're literally just fine. Which is mind-blowing. Right. So after this, resisting, biting, screaming, clawing, both girls did everything they could to stay away from paramedics and police who were what seemed to be like their enemies. Yeah. At one point, Sabina was shouting, they're going to steal our organs and I recognize you. I know you're not real. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, screaming all this. Oh, I just got goosebumps. (sighs) While sobbing on the floor, she turned to a female officer and asked, why do you kill me? <gasps> yeah. Apart from whether it's some kind of mental illness or whatever, another thought crossed the minds of police that it was possible, like, psychedelic drug use. That these that sisters would be my were first like, thought. Yeah. Nightmare stories of bad trips have been shared all over the internet for literal years. Common symptoms range from intense anxiety to straight, but straight up paranoid delusions that, I mean... Could last weeks. Some yeah. of these crazy drugs. You know? Just just like last week's episode, they, they licked the stickers and did the LSD. Literally. That's what I would have thought. However, nothing was found. No mm. substance at all was found in their system. So, doesn't stop here. The bizarre case just keeps going. After um, Sabina, the one who was knocked out, was released from the hospital and given a clean bill of mental and physical health, Sabina approached Army veteran Glenn Hollins, Hollinshead, Hollinshead, who became very concerned for her. The father-like figure invited her back to the house where he made both of them a cup of tea. She just run into this guy in the street? I don't know. Doesn't say. Gotcha. They smoked some cigarettes, which 
then Sabina started getting paranoid and she was suggesting that the cigarettes were poisoned and wanted to stop smoking them. Huh. In spite of her psycho demeanor, she was allowed to stay the night <laughs> with with him. Okay. Because he was hoping, again, he's like an army veteran. He's hoping, let us stay here, get a hold of a family member. Yeah, and help this yes. poor child. Yeah. Because she clearly needed help. Yes. Around 7 p.m. the next day, Sabina stabbed her rescuer. He had managed to crawl to his neighbor's house and ask them to look after the dog. What? Before perishing from his wounds. Yes. After killing him, Sabina ran down the road and began hitting herself in the head with a hammer before throwing herself off a 40-foot bridge. Oh, Jesus. Again, surviving. What in yes. the actual fuck? She was charged with manslaughter due to her insanity. And then Oh, now she's insane. Sentenced to five <laughs> years in prison. Five? And gets put on parole in 2011. Here's what's crazy. Her whereabouts, currently unknown, and no one has seen her or her sister since. So that's the one that, that they took to the hospital. Yes. Where was Ursula while she was in the hospital? I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know. It's... <sighs> And just to know that they're both like out and about That's is terrifying. also terrifying, especially knowing what they're both capable capable of. I, a lot of what I was reading online was that they are possessed in some sort, that they are not in control of their no. vessel. A- absolutely. And, and, I, I could see how people could think that. But it also matches up with the whole superhuman aspect of it because... That's what's terrifying. When people are possessed, they... Their bodies are able to do in create like absolutely insane things, and right. also withstand crazy trauma. Yeah, um, which they did. Yes, and so there are other conspiracies that are like the two were part of a government experiment. Um, MK so Ultra, which is a research conducted in the early fifties by the CIA. Where I hear a lot about uh, MK Ultra. Do, do you know what it is? So it's. A research that was conducted in the early 50s by the CIA where unwitting test subjects were fed LSD. Okay. Yes. Huh. Um, yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, obviously, why I did it was for, like, the, the possession, possession aspect. Yeah. Because, one, they're missing now. I can't believe that people weren't able to put together... Especially if one had a family, why all of a sudden they decided to get together in the first place? Exactly. That's what's terrifying to me. And if they're both possessed, how how so, so far apart from each other? And then just all of a sudden they're together and supernatural. Yeah. But I mean, it's not uncommon for twins to have like that twin telepathy. Right. And that... French word that I said at the beginning, which I forgot. Um, Folie adieu. It's like an actual like thing in psychology that it's just hysteria shared by two people. Yeah, it's so like is it that or did both of them just happen to get possessed, or maybe they were so close. One of them got possessed and was telling the other one about it, you know, twin secrets or whatever, and they got possessed over the phone. You don't know. Or is it because they're identical twins? Maybe they just turned crazy at the exact same moment. I was going to say, what if this entity that's possessing them is one? Mm. But since twins technically start, like, 
One A. One at the beginning. Especially identical twins. Yeah. Only identical twins. Sorry. Is it one entity? And so that's why their symptoms and everything are like so precise. Like they both start freaking out. Maybe they were possessed as an egg and it just sat dormant (laughs) all these years. How old were they? Did you say? Um, I I mean, midlife ish, I would assume. Um, they look pretty young. Um, look, I have a picture of her mugshot. Please send me the links to the video if you still have them. Oh, yes, I'd guess. I mean, mid I, to late thirties. Thirties, yeah. Huh. That also is a great like story. She could kick my ass, yeah, but. dude. Yes, both of our asses with one hand tied behind her back. The part though where she's screaming, "They're gonna steal your organs!" I recognize you. I know you're not real. That's insane. But like, what? Yeah, it's just so weird. And for people to live, have lived normal lives for let's assume thirty years. Yeah. With a family, why are all why all of a sudden do they just go crazy? At the same time, yeah. living so far apart. That's what that's what makes me think. Well, I mean, if they are twins, again, my whole thing that possession is really mental illness that I've said in the past. Yeah. But I mean, it could honestly swing either way. It could. It but really I could. was like, if it's the true crime, if it's possible possession. Look at us both doing true crime. I know, right? Again. But I was the reason I found it was I was intrigued by the idea of twins being possessed. Yes. So I started looking up like stories that fit possessed twins. I, I had heard it on my favorite yeah, murder yeah. and they went in with the, I think Karen, I think it was Karen's story. Who's into the supernatural as much as we are. Yeah, yeah. She recently did a story on the Mothman, which I was like, no way. girl back off. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was so interesting. And and I think she delved into possibly possession and yeah. things like that. But what happened to the dog? I don't know that poor man. Uh, poor man. Literally me. I know. Please you know, no good dog. deed goes unpunished <laughs> ever. I know. I have a otherworldly story from our friend Robert England. You want to hear it? Let's play that. Ciao, Federico. It's Robert England again with his UFO story, his one and only. Um, As a child, my father uh, was working at Lockheed Aircraft as an executive, and one of the projects he was involved with was the U-2, the spy plane that's still up there taking photos. doesn't have weapons on it, but it actually flies on the edge of space and is able to take close-up photos of Russia or uh, any other uh, place that we would be concerned with or curious about for the military and the Pentagon. And my father had this high ranking at Lockheed uh, in the skunk works. I wasn't, I didn't know about this then. And across the street, we had dear friends. The woman was a script doctor for MGM and the husband uh, was a bird colonel uh, in the uh, in the Air Force and now was working for the famous helicopter company Sikorsky and he and his partner had rehabilitated a great old Catalina aircraft PBY which is a flying plane that lands on the water with pontoons and they were using it as an executive uh, shuttle between Los Angeles and Catalina Island and one night two or three in the morning Uh, There was a loud knock on the door, 
and our neighbor Bill came over and sat with my father who had to wake up. My father went to work then at 5.30 in the morning. So it was very unusual for my father to get up and pad down the hall in his bathrobe and talk with a neighbor. Uh, I slept through this, but what had happened was that on a return flight, after they dropped off some wealthy businessmen in Catalina at the Wrigley Estate, and as in Wrigley Gum and Wrigley Field, uh, Bill, piloting with his co-pilot, were surrounded by several craft uh, behind Catalina as they taxied in the water and took a big banking turn on the backside of the island out, out facing the dark Pacific. And uh, as my father related this to my mother later, and I overheard it crouching in the hall by the heater, which could look through to the living room, my favorite spying spot, I heard my father say, Jesus Christ, Bill, Bill actually could see a kind of rivets on the side of the craft. He was describing these strange rivets in this strange geometric shape uh, and and how the planes moved uh, perpendicularly. These, 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 these what, planes or whatever they were would, would move vertically up and they could move perpendicular and they just disappeared. And my father had spent the night convincing Bill, bird colonel, in the United States Air Force, decorated, testing helicopters, rehabbing a World War II flying plane, a guy that was as pragmatic and conservative as they come. My father convinced him not to report it because he didn't want Bill to lose his military pension. More UFOs. Robert England is the shit. I love, <laughs> I love him so much. But... And if you guys have stories, if you just have like an experience that you not really, you haven't really told ever, let us know. Just share it with us. We'd be happy to read it. You can, we can leave your name anonymous. Yeah. Whatever you prefer. Um, Oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Send them our way. And yeah, we love, we love listener submitted stories. Yeah. And that was so beautifully written too. Can I just add A plus, 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 (laughs) plus. Thank you guys all for listening. We adore you and your support and your everything. You guys are so integral in why we do this and our success. And we're about to hit another big milestone, which I'm going to start calling us out on on these big milestones because I feel like it's, it's kind of self satisfying and (laughs) patting ourselves on the back, but we could not do this without you. And we love you to pieces and weird is the new cool. Goodbye. Ghost on.